Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Royal Bank of Scotland. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner, and in this show, I'm joined by entrepreneur and owner of NAF Beauty Salon in Glasgow, the brilliant Tammy Kozlowski. If you follow me on Instagram, where I'm at Emma Gunn's, I do hope you are following me there, then you might have seen that I recently hosted an event called Easy Wins Live in Edinburgh in association with Royal Bank. The Easy Wins initiative supports young people manage their finances, start and grow businesses, and also look for ways to ease the juggling act of achieving a healthy work-life balance. And obviously, this is the kind of thing that we covered, you and I, my most excellent listeners, during a pod a day in May when we talked about finances and how to manage your money. The panel included Camilla Thurlow, who some of you may know primarily from Love Island a couple of years ago, fashion business owner Richard Davies, and beauty salon owner Tammy Kozlowski. The team at Royal Bank asked me if I'd like to podcast with any of the panel while I was up in Edinburgh, and I jumped at the chance to speak to Tammy, and here's why. I've been a beauty writer for nearly 20 years, and in that time I've been lucky enough to speak to lots of brand owners, and usually these are big players in the beauty industry, people and brands who are already or are on their way to being household names. Tammy is 30 years old and her salon NAF, which stands for Nails and Face, is three years old. She has created a brand, a space and services that have quickly made her a known innovator in the field. But it's very early stages in terms of when I normally meet brands. When I spoke to her after our panel discussion, it became really clear that she's open and honest about the process of starting a business, the highs and lows, and is keen to share with anyone who has a passion or an idea they want to turn into a reality. Tammy is being helped along the process by one of the Royal Bank uh, Entrepreneur Accelerator programs, which offers coaching and networking to help new businesses and new business owners. So in this conversation, Tammy and I talk about turning a passion into a business, the bits that go wrong and the stuff that goes right, the key rules she's learned since being her own boss and employing others, and how to know when to stop and enjoy your successes. All the links to Tammy, NAF, and World Bank's Entrepreneur Accelerator programs will be in the show notes. But here's my conversation with beauty industry trailblazer, Tammy Kozlowski. Tammy Kozlowski, thank you so much for joining me on an episode of The Emma Gunn Show. Hello. <laughs> I'm um, really pleased to talk to you because you have done something amazing. You have started you. a business in beauty. And regular listeners of this podcast will know that I usually speak to 
brand owners who have brands that are now high street names, um, very well known. Mm -hmm. But you are somebody who started the business how long ago? So I opened the salon four years ago. Four years ago. Mm -hmm. You're 30 years old. You are Mm -hmm. the owner of NAF. Or is it NAF? Just NAF. 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 (laughs) Which stands for Nails and Face. Yes. And in Glasgow. Mm -hmm. And you are, you've done incredible things. Thank you. By turning a passion into a business. Yeah. And as we speak today, you have just won two more awards. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Scratch Magazine Award Scr- for Salon of the Year mm-hmm. and Social Media Star. Well done. <laughs> yeah. And because you've won the second one three times in a row, what does that now mean? So we are now in the Hall of Fame, the Scratch Magazine or Scratch Stars Hall of Fame um, in the social media category, which is incredible. I was really, really wanted to win it this year and I'm, I'm so glad that we did. So I get to be a judge next year, which is so exciting. And when I spoke to you, so uh, listeners will know, I uh, hosted an event that you were part of a yeah. panel of up in Edinburgh um, to do with the World Bank of Scotland and Easy wins Mm -hmm. and it was basically we talked about business and managing finances and what you've had to get your head around is turning your passion into a business and Mm -hmm. then basically developing a business brain and I know a lot of people who listen to this show might have passion projects that they Mm -hmm. are thinking about starting up or a side hustle that they'd like to make their full-time job so how where did it all begin where what was the original passion so the original passion was genuinely just doing my nails. I I was at, doing my dissertation at the time um, and I'm, I always have to be doing something with my hands. Otherwise, I just feel depressed if I'm not like making something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I studied clothing design and technology at uni. I was always sewing, making things. And when it came to my last year of uni, I was just doing my dissertations. I was writing and doing a lot of reports and I just didn't feel like I had a creative outlet. But I did love painting my nails. And um, it's when Tumblr was really had taken off mm-hmm. and um, I was seeing all these amazing nail designs and I thought, I saw leopard print nails and I thought, I mean, I'm obsessed with leopard print. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I thought I could easily paint that with eyeliner on my nails. So I'll mm-hmm. do it. And it, be, it totally spiralled from there. And it was just a really nice, when when I was sitting writing my dissertation on my laptop, it was really nice to be looking at some brightly coloured, fun looking nails and like something that I could be proud of as well. So it totally spiralled from there and I started taking pictures of my nails, doing little tutorials, putting them on Tumblr. And um, I mean, the, when I look back on them, they're not not so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> at the time, people were really into it and wanted to start painting their nails too. And so from there, I started painting um, my friend's nails and then I set myself up at vintage fairs and was charging like £10 to do nail art mm-hmm. um, and then um, from there I just kind of well I got kind of bored of painting other people's not bored of painting other people's nails I I was kind of trying to think like how can I do more people's nails without sitting in front of them all the time and like physically having to be there um, because it was quite tiring. I was interning at the time and working as a vigil merchandiser, so it was quite difficult to mm-hmm. fit it in. So I started um, making nail decals, which are like like tattoo transfers mm-hmm. for your nails. Um, so I started... No, actually, I started painting false nails first. <laughs> started painting false nails. I sold them on Etsy. So it was like the designs I was doing on other people, but I could send them out to people yeah. in London and Manchester and... Um, and then I started making nail decals and then the nail decals is where the kind of business took off from um, 
So I actually got interest from Topshop in stocking mm -hmm. the nail decals. Wow. Um, so that was the kind of point where I had to decide, do I just keep this as a like a hobby or do I like turn it into a business? Mm -hmm. So six years on for that, um, I'm glad I made it into a business. What was the, so was the salon the thing you thought, right, I'm going to do this and I want a salon? Yeah, so I ran a, um, so the nail decals, I ran it as a business for two years it was, um, called DIY Nails. Um, and I loved doing that, but I just, as I was doing that, I was supplying nail decals to working techs mm -hmm. and to all these amazing salons in the States where you could go in and like, there was like eight people working there and you could get whatever nail art you wanted. And we just didn't have that in Glasgow. Um, I knew some incredible individual nail techs, but they were working either out of hair salons or renting rooms in other beauty salons or renting single rooms themselves or working at home. And I just thought... There's so many, there's such a, create, a huge creative scene in Glasgow and there's nowhere that really reflects those people. Like, And there were nail salons, but it wasn't the type of place that I myself felt like I was amongst my people when I went in and I always felt like, oh, my hair's too messy to go in this place or like I'm too awkward. Will someone want to paint a picture of my dog on my nails? I don't know, you know? <laughs> so I just kind of thought I... I I just wanted the salon to exist and I thought, well, I've been running a business for two years. I know nails. People know that I am passionate about nails and I'll make sure it's the best. So, yeah, I'll open the salon. That won't be hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is going from... My eyes twitching. <laughs> it is a little bit. Um, that's going from e-commerce to bricks and mortar. Yeah. And bricks and mortar is a, sort of generally <laughs> mm. not doing as well yeah. as it has previously. Yeah. So what, what was the sort of biggest challenge, do you think, looking back? To... Just one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the biggest challenge, looking back, I had an idea. I knew I could execute it. I knew what my limitations were in terms of, like, creating the salon. Um, the biggest challenge for me was um, making sure that everyone else could deliver the vision mm -hmm. and I think that was the biggest challenge to start at first and then the next biggest challenge was um, doing nails for two years while growing the business which mm -hmm. was um, I'm I'm not saying I'm terrible with numbers because I'm stopping saying that because I'm actually not I just I think about them differently <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was getting on top of finances it was um keeping on top of all the kind of admin things that you need to keep on top of HR with staff mm. um, client control like it's, it's really well client care not control jeez <laughs> um, everything was a challenge yeah. it was the business was the challenge the vision the dream the brand everything was there I'm good at nails the girls that I'd hired were good at nails that's all fine and well you can have all that but it's actually <laughs> turning that into like something that w works it's like there are electricity bills, there are yeah. other, you know, rent, yeah. all, all sorts of things. And did they ever at any point, did the addition of those things ever derail your belief in your original idea? Yeah, 100%. There, there was a point um, not that long after I opened the salon and I was working myself into the ground. I was doing nails like five days a week, no, six five days a week for 10, 11 hours a day to obviously just get money to pay other people. Mm. I wasn't getting, I was thinking I was paying myself £600 a month, um, which just covered my rent and bills. Mm. And 
when I'd stopped doing nails after 11 hours, I had to hang back and, you know, like chase chase like we'd get charged double phone bill and I'd have to chase that and sort it out and they'll get back to you in 10 days and mm. and I just got to the point where I thought is it worth is this actually worth it like I'm running myself into the ground I'm not getting paid anything and I'm all I'm doing is like making sure that other people are okay all day and I'm falling apart and I'm struggling with the business side of everything so there there was definitely points where it got really really overwhelming and really tough but I think I saw how people reacted to the business and I think I saw something special and, and mm. I, it was I have to see everything through so I thought mm. I need to keep going but there were points where yeah it's a very steep learning curve I think for anyone who's done it whether it's um for another business or for their own business mm. when you begin to grow there's an incredibly steep learning curve you, know, you make <laughs> you make one mistake with your profit and loss yeah you never make that mistake again. yeah yeah for and sure it, it's a lot to take in and it can feel a little bit like fighting fires yeah it, that's my job and I think <laughs> but yeah but I think I, in my personal experience there there was a point where the thing that was like finances for example is a great example mm-hmm. of um, not feeling like I, I had my head around it yeah that's when the investment in getting somebody to help yes was the best decision to deal with that mm-hmm. but were you good at opening up and actually saying I need help yeah I think I'm I know what I'm bad at so I know I know where my strengths and weaknesses are um so I I think the challenge for me was finding the right person to help and Knowing, I think the hardest thing is actually just knowing what you need help with and then going and finding the right person to help with that. But there are so many resources. It can be hard when your head's in it every day because you think, I don't have time to go and find help. Mm-hmm. But it's really important that you do take time and go and find it um, because it'll help you so much in the long run. How far into the salon salon's life did you um, start looking for somebody to help? About six months in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah about six months in we came up to Christmas time and it was so busy and I just I wasn't able to do anything like it takes me a long time to it, it has taken me a long time to get my head around how the numbers in my business work and I've had to learn learn I've had to create a like a process that works for me and it's taken a really long time to get there so at the time I just really needed someone to like take control of it and do it mm-hmm for me how did you find those resources um so we've actually got an incredible like ecosystem in scotland um there's so much help for businesses so we have scottish enterprise business gateway um and most recently i've had incredible help from royal bank Mm -hmm. and with the entrepreneurial accelerator program um but also just speaking to other people with businesses as well and seeing who they've had to help them um, and then also just asking for help from friends and family, people's parents are accountants, mm. they know a good accountant, um, mm. some friends are really good with numbers, they've got a great system for the numbers in their business, listening to podcasts, like just getting help mm. wherever, but it's just finding it, yeah, giving it the time. That's the thing. So if somebody's listening to this show because we have a global audience yeah. and they're at that point where they think they might want to start a business, would you suggest that they actually look for resources funded by local other local businesses or maybe local councils or the, the entrepreneurship programme and um, young business enterprises? I guess that they 
that's not just exclusive to Glasgow. Yeah. There must be those sorts of resources elsewhere. Yeah, I think it's so important. I think when you've got an idea, you you have a vision and you're like, I just want to get it done. I don't want anyone to come in and tell me it's not the right idea. But sometimes you do need that. And I think like all these services are there for a reason. And I very much was. I did get my head down and went for it and went for it. And I always thought, well, what can they help me with really? Like, I know what I want to do. Like, so cocky. Like, mm. so... But it, it, there's so much to be said. I've got such an incredible network around me now of other entrepreneurs and I've been exposed to people that I never would have came into contact with in my life because I'm in such a bubble with my business. So it really takes me out of my head and um, I've had such incredible advice from the people that I'm around. Mm. Um, so it is so, so important. But you, I think teaming up with another business owner in the same sort of sector that you're in, it doesn't have to be what you're doing. Like if, if you're dealing with customers or clients on a daily basis just find someone that you can confide in and you can help each other out and look at those resources and speak to people and go and meet everyone and tell people your problems because there's if you talk to another business owner I'm sure they're going to have like the same problem that you've had in some sort of way or know someone else and do you when you started what what kind of job title did you give yourself did you think did you have one I call myself nail boss. <laughs> <laughs> and then at what point did you start to realise you had um, accrued, accumulated all of these entrepreneurial skills? Like when you, I would consider you, I'd say you're an entrepreneur, but how does that? I, do you know, I, I still have such a hard time calling myself an entrepreneur. But when I look at myself and all the things about me that, that I used to think were like my like, crazy trees you know what I mean like I I am an entrepreneur and I have got entrepreneurial spirit and that that is that little the little thing that keeps me going is but it's what hard for entrepreneurial spirit if you had to sum it up if you had to describe it oh I don't know that's difficult I think it's for me personally it's just it's that little fire in your belly you know like just that that it's taking a thought and making it into something tangible mm. you know and just believing in that idea of mm. yours and but also seeing everything around it and knowing knowing that oh well trying to make it work you know and trying I don't know <laughs> being resourceful did yeah did anyone ever say to you oh no you should do this and you had to you had to disagree with them maybe somebody had more experience than you and mm. when when did you concede and when did you stick to your guns yeah, I, I feel like it's happened quite a lot and I feel like I, I go with my gut a lot and I know I know what I want to do. So there have been times in the past, I remember um, when I first started the salon, I I I tried to access like that kind of ecosystem by going through the funding route, which isn't what I should have done. Like I should have gone for the help and advice, but I went straight for funding and they were like, I went with my business proposal of... Um, you know, creating this salon that was like a community and looking after the staff and everyone was just kind of like, no, like, it's a salon, it's service industry, like, you're not mm. going to, you know, like, you, it won't, basically, it's not going to work the way you think it's going to work. Right. And it's not going to be this incredible business that's going to take over the nail world, you know? <laughs> so, um, so I, I didn't listen to that advice because I thought, well, no, because I, I know it's going to work. Mm-hmm. I just know inside that it will work because I'm at the helm of it, so I, I have to make it work. Mm. Um, but there have been times, 
but then in this, I sat down with a, a, a like fellow salon owner and she, I told her all the things that I wanted to do and she basically said, no, like scale it back just to nails, like you can do just nails. And I, I listened to her because I knew, mm. I knew she'd been through what I did. And I, at first I didn't want to employ everyone, I wanted everyone to be self-employed and she gave me the best piece of advice. She was like, for what you want to do, you need to employ everyone because you need to is your vision and you need to make sure everyone is aligned with that. Mm-hmm. So I did listen to her. So I think I think you sometimes you don't go for advice because you don't want to hear you don't want to hear anything against what you think. What you think. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's like trust your gut. I would trust your gut mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. It's good advice. And the, the other thing, the salons have a very distinctive look and feel. Yeah. Something that's very different from anything else that existed close by. Mm-hmm. And I wondered again how you chose to do that. Because mm-hmm. it really is, I mean, it's got you all over. <laughs> yeah. um, was that another important part of it? It's not just about the service. It's about creating an, uh, creating a, a space and environment that people come to and... yeah feel a certain way about when they're in the place can you describe it for listeners yeah so our first salon was all over the place like I had checkerboard floor pink walls neon signs everywhere plants little bear faces stuck to the wall you know like just (laughs) just everywhere like inspirational quotes hung in like different coloured frames and I just like uh, we've got a porcelain cheetah called a porcelain leopard called Liberace and now we've got a porcelain <laughs> cheetah called Cher um you know I just I like I said like when I walked into salons before I just didn't feel like it reflect they reflected my personality and I I like to be around things nice things I like you know so I thought there's got to be more people like me who maybe feel awkward and I like not distant traditional salons like they have a place they have a place for sure but just for me um, and how like I feel like socially anxious when I go somewhere you know it's just nice to feel like I'm amongst um, things that represent me but I yeah I just wanted I knew knew we were going to grow on Instagram we were in this office that was um, two floors above street levels so no one was ever going to we are never going to get walked past and trade so I just wanted to make sure that it was super Instagrammable so we always had something to take photos of and put up and if we were taking photos of nails we always had nice backgrounds and then um, I just wanted to make sure that when clients were sitting in obviously you can be some people sit up for like up to four hours getting their nails done you know mm-hmm. and you want something nice to look at so I just wanted to make sure that every place a client could look when they were sitting down had something fun to look at and something to make them smile and you know all the little inspirational quotes they might need that that day you know and it might just be something that resonates with them and they just think oh and I just wanted something that they could take pictures of as well so um but yeah it's very our new salon's a lot more minimal but it's still totally got the exact same vibes and I think it's more grown up this time and it it reflects the rest of the team more as well and so we've we've got white walls but there's like a pink dado rail around the top you know like pink trims and there we've still got the cheetahs and the leopards and the neon signs and flowers everywhere and it's just it's a really really nice space and I want it to be nice for my team to work in as well. How important has Instagram or social media more specifically been for the business? <laughs> that's that's what we've grown on. Like, I don't like to say I don't think we'd be in the same position without it, but I don't, I don't think we would be genuinely. Um, we work 
really, really hard to make sure our socials are always on point. Um, I actually have like a dedicated team that work on social media and everyone within the salon has their roles. So all the nail technicians have to take photos of every set of nails, not just for Instagram like pictures, but also because it's part of the client experience. You know, like the clients want their nails to go. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Go on the Instagram page, so it's part of that whole that whole journey through the salon. Um, our stories every day, it means that our clients get to know our team and know who to book in with and they kind of feel part of the experience. And I just think it's so important. It's opened so many doors for us. It's And secondly, like Instagram has helped us um, build a huge community who like we call our whole team and everyone that interacts with us the nafia and <laughs> i just think like we wouldn't have the nafia if it wasn't for social media and also we have our own product brand um naf stuff um we have a range of cuticle oils that we not only sell in the salon but we are actually wholesaled in 600 salons across the world and that's all down to social media and we get to share we get to share like those salons instagrams when they post about our products and it's just it just is it's just for me social media is a community and we are just it's like a personality mm. on there totally um i'm curious as well about maybe misconceptions or any mm. anything you had to overcome in terms of being somebody who is a business owner now yeah who maybe have you ever had because you have a beauty business because you're a young woman yeah did you ever feel as though you weren't taken seriously all the time all the time and we remember at the scratch awards last night it was talking to so many um so many women in the industry who feel the same a lot of the time the conversation i have is some i mean in taxis for example oh what do you do oh i run a business what's the business i own a nail salon uh Mm -hmm. oh so is it just you doing nails then so if it was just me doing nails like props to me you know what I mean like props to anyone who's just doing, running a, a one person business mm -hmm. like I think that's so difficult you know but it is almost like you, you see it's like when I got my I got a first class honours and so I'm like I got a first class honours at uni amazing what did you get it in fashion oh okay <laughs> well, well you know you're probably just drawing pictures so I do it, it is difficult it is really difficult, especially... So that's why I was like, whenever I joined the Royal Bank Entrepreneurial Accelerator Programme, which 
is incredible. Mm. I was so scared because I was like, I'm going to be in this room of like tech startups and healthcare companies and and I, I talked myself down so much. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go up there and like talk about cuticle oils and nails and everyone's going to laugh at me. And um, I did a sex, six, six, sexy pitch, 60 second pitch. Um, I did my 60 second pitch and I've won a pitch competition twice by doing my talking about cuticle oils and skincare. And, you know, um, so I think, yeah, I think people don't take it take us seriously sometimes as well and like the beauty industry is huge mm-hmm. huge and people I it is it just there's so many misconceptions about I don't know if it's to do with um people think it's vanity that it's not important um but beauty in the recession was one of the only industries to rise because mm-hmm. if you're you may may not have enough money to buy a new house or buy a new car but if you've got a spare 40 pounds that month, you're certainly going to do something that's going to make you feel good about yourself and something you can wear every day, you know? Mm. So I have I have felt it a lot and I do, I do get it a lot, but now I really actually like it and I like being underestimated mm. because I actually enjoy the process of being like, someone being like, oh, is it a salon? I'm like, mm, well, I employ 19 people and I've got another business and we wholesale to 600 people across the world, so <laughs> is it not that impressive, no? <laughs> What's interesting is that report I was telling you about yeah. the British Beauty Council commissioned the uh, research into the beauty industry and the fact that it generates more, and I will have to put the link to the show notes because I can't remember the exact figures, but it's, it generates more um, revenue than the automotive industry With- or income I get goosebumps when you say that, like genuinely, like incredible. And I think what's really interesting as well is, like I said, I'm, I'm because of my job, having worked <laughs> in beauty for such a long time, I will meet people when they've succeeded. Yeah. It's very rare for me to meet somebody in your position, mm-hmm. which is amazing to actually hear how you've done it. Yeah. And the fact that I mean, when you do talk to me, though, I do think, I mean, when is it going to, it just like, it's a constant, you're on a very steep <laughs> Right. Yeah, I feel like quite overwhelmed by that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, where's the plateau? But I, I don't <laughs> want it, you know. But um, no, I, I really, I enjoy being where I am now because I feel like the industry as a whole, there's like, we're we're on we're on something at the moment. Like, there's so much buzz. Like, I feel very, I feel so happy that I fell into the beauty industry, and I'm so glad to, to be on this kind of upward. Mm. hike with everyone and especially for the nail industry as well I think like I just think that um, nails out of everything people there are a lot of misconceptions about nail technicians and um, oh well I can just do it myself I can get cheaper and it is the same with like kind of any like makeup hair skincare massage all of that but um, I just feel like there's something something is really happening at the moment. There's so many um, women going self-employed, like quitting their jobs and do working in beauty. Um, and I just I just I feel like there's something really special coming, mm. and I'm excited. What I noticed when we did that panel, there were quite well, lots of people in the room, mm-hmm. and a couple of the girls who sat in the front row mm-hmm. were nail salon owners. A couple of nail salon owners. Yeah, I can't remember the name of their salon. Oh, they were here. They're a hair salon. 
Oh, are they? Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, but I noticed afterwards, we, the other panellists and I were over in the corner, I think by the bar, mm-hmm. and we looked around <laughs> and you had gone to go and sit with them because when mm-hmm. we had opened the floor up to questions, they immediately were like, we'd really like to know from Tammy about this. Mm-hmm. And they're obviously, you seemed incredibly unguarded and incredibly open and yeah. uh, welcoming and obviously took a lot of time to answer their questions. How important is it to to be in close contact to people who could potentially be your competition? Oh, that competition for me, it, it, I don't like to be in competition with anyone. Like, I actually, I think there's so much space for all of us in the industry and that's what we're really trying to promote with NAF is, like, we are in Glasgow, there's another big salon a four-minute walk away from us, mm. you know, and there doesn't need to be any competition between us and there isn't like we all help each other out um I try as much as I can to to go and speak to and visit and um interact with as many salons as I can across hair beauty waxing skincare I think it's so hard I know how hard it is to run a salon and how isolating it can be you work with a team every day but you can't sometimes talk to your team about your team like Mm -hmm. you sometimes need that help and because we are in the beauty industry and we don't feel like we are business women you know like um, these women aren't maybe accessing everything that's available to them so I think it's so important I if anyone asks me any questions about running a salon I will give them all the knowledge that I can and all the help that I can and take all the help that I can from them and the time that we've got because I just think it's so important I met so many women last night who were saying can I just have a five minute chat I was like you can have all the time you need Mm -hmm. like ask me anything and I just think it's so important to 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 speak to each other. There's enough clients for everyone. I think clients are their own people. They can choose wherever they want to go. We don't own them. Um, there's no point fighting over them. All we can do is offer the best services that we can offer, look after our staff or the people that work in the salon, look after the clients when they're there and learn from our mistakes and just continually try and just continually try and make sure people don't have misconceptions about the beauty industry. And the more we talk to each other, the more we talk to our clients and the more we talk about it everywhere, the more that people will understand that how hard it is to run a business and how brilliant these women are that are running the businesses, you know? Um, And it's exactly what we would do with selling the cuticle oils as well. Like um, we make sure and give all the salons the time and attention. Like if they've got any questions, if they're finding it hard to retail, the products we will give them a call and let them know like what our tips and tricks are and mm. I just I think it's so important and especially, sorry I would could yabber about on about <laughs> this for ages but I do feel so passionately about it um I employ everyone I don't have any self-employed staff mm. um I employ all the girls and sorry the women um and there comes a point in time where we can only pay so much per hour because what we because of what we take in, mm-hmm. so what we charge for the service. And obviously the, what we charge for the service is built on what people perceive it's worth. So we, we have these conversations that, remember, don't talk down your job, don't talk down the services, give them all the knowledge that you've learned in these eight years, four years, five years that you've done nails. Make sure that they know that this service is worth it. That's why I run the salon the way that I do. I've got a 
a manager, a salon manager, an assistant manager, social media, reception. Um, I've got a sales manager. Like, I put so much emphasis on getting the team looked after so that they all they need to worry about is doing the service and educating the client. Mm-hmm. And when when they hit that point that they, they can't go further in the business, which is also something that I'm working on, um, I want to give them opportunities to go further in the business. Mm-hmm. But when they get to the point that they want to be self-employed, I don't want to do the traditional thing that people do and give them guard and leave them in at the hand they're noticing you're not allowed to contact clients you can't do this um we've just had one of our like one of our nail techs leave um amanda she's gone off and started her own business she told me that she was leaving i said that's brilliant i'm so excited for you i'm so glad i've given you the platform to go out on your own that's exactly what i want to do um we had a sit down with her she asked us the do's and don'ts can i use photos on social media yes you can use the photos you took in here as long as you tag us and say that they were done in the salon um can i um i'm not gonna she said i'm not gonna poach any clients i said these are your clients they come to you we will contact them for you and let them know when you're leaving and where you're going and if they want to go to you they can go to you Mm. you know it's there doesn't, and I think I always hear it. This girl left. She watched all my clients. She did this, and mm. um, I don't. I feel upset, and it can it can be really personal. But if you approach it from a conversation of just respect on both levels, if both people are respectful, then you can make it such an exciting journey and keep in contact with salons. And mm. yeah, and I think that goes for any business. Like if people are moving on, like it's their life. Your business is your life, mm. and that's their life. And you can only look after them when you're responsible for them. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox now. (laughs) That's really, really nice because you're right. I know a lot of salon owners and you're right. I have heard many a time they took my clients. Yeah, and I was certainly like that at the start. Mm. But I've just realised the thing that I I love the people that work for me. Mm. I love them and I, I have a duty of care to them. And my duty of care should extend past them just being in my doors you know Mm. for me and I just think if I can speak about that and other people can adopt that as well I think everyone would be a lot happier running their businesses and I feel like the people in the businesses would be a lot happier and hopefully even just someone listening to this now if they have been in that position where they felt upset Mm. by someone leaving just have a look back at the situation and just think how could I have made that go nicely for everyone and sometimes people are just horrible and just let them go (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the thing because I think the way that you're describing it it sounds very open it sounds very kind it sounds very generous actually and I wonder whether those those attributes sometimes leave one slightly porous to be taken advantage of oh yeah ever felt like that with boundaries yes (laughs) (laughs) yes I am a no I I've learned how to I've learned how to harness that um, into something that makes me happy and something that works for other people. In the past, I very much just let people take advantage, walk all over me, um, and then being really upset about it. But when I got to the point of, why does this always happen to me? I realised, well, it's happening to me. It's how I'm reacting in this situation. So um, I think it's come with confidence, confidence in knowing that I am an entrepreneur, that I am a business owner, and that it is my business. Mm -hmm. So... And I'm not in the way what I say goes, like, listen to me. But it is a respect thing, so I just need the people that are around me to respect that. They need to know that I respect them so that they can respect me. Mm-hmm. And I think they're, it's just being assertive enough to know you can be nice 
and you can be direct. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You don't have to lie down and um, let people do whatever they want if it's making you unhappy. But you can you can look after people and be nice and be generous, but also have boundaries. And I think boundaries is the most mm-hmm. important word. It's just knowing knowing where where you're going to hit the point where you're unhappy. And right. as I'm, I'm I'm the same in my personal life as well. You know. I, th- I don't think I've mastered it so much in my personal life, but and I've not that's, certainly not mastered it. <laughs> that's brilliant because I was going to say, how do you know what your boundary is? And it's and you've just said it. It's that point where if you go beyond it, you'll be unhappy. Yeah, yeah. I'm really I'm done with um, feeling rubbish. <laughs> you know, and I think yeah. So maybe sometimes you do have to work yourself into the ground a couple of times to be like, like that's when you're like, is it worth it? Is it worth? Is what you're doing worth it? Yes. Is it worth? Is how you're doing it worth it? If it's hurting you, no. Like, change it. Do something different. Change it up. True. Good advice. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> how do you stay... How do you know when it's a good time to expand on what you've already created? So, for example, with the adding merchandise. Yeah. Um, how... Because there's all... Obviously, we always have big ideas. I know I do. Yeah. And then I think, but I'll, I'll hit the go button when such and such happens. Yeah. When have you found that you've... When do you know? Do you just have a feeling or do you wait for the profit and loss to look just as you want it to look? Well, I wish <laughs> I could say that I waited for the profit and loss. Um, now I do, but I have so many, I've got so many people to look after. I can't make the same risks that I made at the start of the right. business. Um, so at the start of the business, very much get a gut feeling, have an idea, go through it, stay up for five nights in a row doing it making sure it happens completely not thinking about the money side of it not worrying about money I just kind of was very much like if I have to get a loan out I'll get a loan out if I I just want to make this happen Mm -hmm. which was good in some senses and I'm glad I did some of those things it was also bad in other senses because now knowing what I know now in terms of finances and the way everything works and the processes that I've got very very reckless and I got through a lot of stuff by the skin of my teeth and um, actually six months ago was the first time since opening the business that we were debt free because of decisions that I made at the start Um, you know like not paying attention to when we were going to be VAT registered and just Mm. thinking oh it'll be fine someone will tell me Mm. they don't and then you end up with a huge bill that you're like fighting to pay back Mm. you know so I think I think you'll know you know when it's right by looking again at your limitations and your like the boundaries you need to set boundaries for yourself so if you're like if I'm now if I have ideas all the time Mm. but I write them down now I don't just go and do them and then if Mm -hmm. I'm still thinking about them a week later then I'll think okay there's something in this but I need to talk to Nicole I need to talk to Lisa I need to make sure everyone's workloads can accept this idea I need to make sure that I put money away every week so I pay all our bills into like savings weekly I pay our VAT bill into an account weekly Mm. so that when it's ready to come out it comes out so I very much have to look at our money weekly which actually works for me because if I have an idea that week I'll say okay we've got x amount spare in the budget this week do we have anything to pay off do does the team need anything for the salon do we need to update anything once all those things are sorted can we fund this idea Mm. I don't want to be in debt so is it a great idea? Yes. Could I maybe scale it back and just do it on socials or do it in a way that doesn't cost us money? Mm-hmm. So I think I think going on your gut is really important, but also 
not in the past I have also not only worked myself into the ground but worked the people around me into the ground because almost I wasn't taking advantage of them knowingly but I like I almost like took advantage of the fact that I was their boss and they were going to do what I said so me having this like crazy idea that actually had no financial or like business like no positivity (laughs) towards anything you know um just because it was an idea that I had and I just realized it was quite 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 a narcissistic thing to do to like basically work everyone into the ground so you can be like look what I did Mm. you know so it's just kind of maybe having a little checklist of like doesn't always have to make money like this like everything can be brand building or like can just have make a nice day for everyone you know but um just kind of being like am I gonna hurt myself doing this am I gonna hurt the business am I gonna hurt the financials and you know if no then go for it mm-hmm. but if you can see like the long-term benefit and something you know I think I'm looking at it from the other side mm-hmm. so if you asked me like two years ago I'd be like do it go for it don't doesn't matter like believe in yourself but but that's what you get from experience isn't it? yeah <laughs> and just like super salty sitting if here still doing the same things in year four that you were doing in year one then that might be worrying problem. yeah I don't know if I would have um a lot of support around me (laughs) (laughs) so I guess to close I'd be really interested to know what your mantra or motto is whether that's in life or business and whether it's the same one or whether you have two different ones I've got two one two but they're kind of quite similar no well I would say three let's just you know I like to always add extra (laughs) no I think mine's are be kind I've actually got it tattooed on my leg so I can remind myself because I always just think what I do. happens when you're wearing jeans? No, I'm well, I just know it's there. <laughs> um, no, I just feel like always be kind. Like you don't, you don't know what anyone's going through. You know, it's the same as if we have a client that's causing a ruckus in the salon. You know, over like two pounds or something. Um, and sometimes the like Nicole or whoever on the desk can be like, "Sorry, I'm name dropping Nicole. <laughs> you're brilliant. I love you." Um, <laughs> you know like might be like oh why is she acting like that I'm so frustrated and I'll just be like you don't know what's happened today like that is not nothing that two pounds has got nothing to do with you like it's not a big deal yeah. so just be nice just make, just say okay that's totally fine you know be kind mm-hmm. um and then uh, will it matter in a year I always say that like am I going to be worrying about it in a year mm-hmm. um if something's maybe a little bit a little bit out of budget and I'm um and an about it but it's something that will have a huge gain to mm. to me and to everyone around me I'll just think it's not going to matter in a year this extra hundred quid or something you know so um but if it will matter in a year I always have to like reassess it um and my, la- my last one and it's the one I always say to myself is just the world's not going to fall apart mm. you know like if you don't send that email by five o'clock the world's not going to fall apart yeah tomorrow might be a little bit more difficult but you know like or if I need to uh, lie down and I'm completely overwhelmed like the world isn't going to fall apart and Mm. sometimes I'm like have like have a talk to yourself Tammy like literally like what are you doing this for (laughs) yeah perspective is the word (laughs) I got their 10 words in (laughs) professional yeah um I I have a feeling I'm just going to watch you go global and Mm. have even more success which I'm delighted about because you are kind and you are a brilliant person to hang out with. Oh, I just 
Same. Although you do seem to be destroying Pogba. Yeah, sorry. I just, <laughs> you were saying something really nice that just like pulled my headphones out. So it's fine. It's good. Um, <laughs> all of the links to Tammy, her salon, her cuticle oil, and everything else will be in the show notes, um, <laughs> which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. Um, but Tammy, thank you so much. For thank you so much. I've absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed that episode. Before you go, I just wanted to remind you that if you wanted to get in touch with me, which I would be delighted for you to do, I'd love hearing from you, then please do email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. If, however, you think, I know, I just want to send a quick note or maybe even a gif or a meme, slide into my DMs on social media. On Twitter, I am at Emma Guns and on Instagram, I am at Emma Guns. Or if you fancy having a conversation with me and thousands of others listeners, other listeners to this podcast then simply join the facebook group the link to join is in the show notes answer three questions and the world of the emma gun show the forum will open up to you thank you once again for listening i'll see you on the next one when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.